0: Welcome to Future File, your weekly podcast exploring the technology that changes the way we live, work and play. And today we're going to be talking about something that's pretty out of this world. And I mean that literally because we're going to talk about space. We're going to talk about space tourism, space tech uh, and all of that sort of stuff. Um, for those of you that don't know what space tourism is, um, we're talking about private uh, space travel, making voyages beyond our planet... For not just the rich and powerful but for the likes of you and me and before we go anywhere with that we obviously have to give a quick shout out to Professor Stephen Hawking who sadly passed away earlier this week Um, Professor Hawking always wanted to go into space and he even had a seat reserved on Virgin Galactic I think it's fair to say that he was a living legend Um, interestingly he never actually won a Nobel Prize um, despite working on black holes and relativity Uh, one of his most famous finds was hawking radiation Um, and it's a theory that black holes are not really black but they emit radiation that causes them to disappear and although he was widely regarded as as one of the most authoritative um, sources on black holes and relativity and this and time itself he never actually won a nobel prize because um, his theories were never observable it was it was only ever kind of in in theory and to win the nobel prize you have to um obviously prove it but anyway moving on shivali i didn't even introduce you i didn't even introduce you i'm sorry at the beginning of the podcast obviously 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 (laughs) joining me as always is uh shivali best our science and tech writer here at the mirror online um so yeah space this this week
1: so I think when people, most people think of space, they think of NASA or like the European Space Agency. But there's a lot of private firms now kind of competing with them. Um, and they're regularly launching rockets and talking about sending tourists into space. Um, so agencies you might have heard of are um, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's baby. Um, Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic, which is Richard Branson's company. Um, so a lot of these pe- companies are working on sending people into space. But while a quick trip to the moon could be quite fun, mm. other trips they're talking about, such as to Mars, would be one way. Yeah. So we'll also be talking about whether we'd make the trip or mm. if we're pretty happy here on Earth.
0: Mm. I think. Would you do you think it's fair to say that we've kind of we're into a bit of a sort of another golden period of space in, the, yeah. in in terms of like getting people interested in it again because think about when i think of sort of space travel and space i think back to the 60s and the apollo yeah. missions and that and i would say that this this period we're in at the moment with the likes of spacex and, and nasa and doing things like this and blue origin that it's really kind of ignited the public's interest in space again
1: yeah completely if yeah. you think about what five years ago like i don't think many people would know who elon musk is whereas now he's like a every household would know who he is exactly yeah. huge now yeah
0: yeah it's i mean it's really interesting i, I mean do you, another thing i suppose to think about is it's we've seen a bit of a shift from when space travel was the preserve of governments to now private individuals like yeah. all of those examples you mentioned yeah. are all sort of led by three of the richest men in the world yeah, yeah.
1: they've got the money and the expertise it's it's not just safe for the government now it's people really taking it seriously doing it with private firms
0: yeah and because they're doing it from a private perspective obviously they're looking to be um efficient as possible they're mm-hmm. trying to they're obviously trying to profit from it as well but that in turn breeds innovation which can be applied to sort of the wider space community i think so yeah um, a
1: lot of them are working with NASA as well. Right, we should say. right. It's not just yeah. completely separate. Um, they do work together and use each other's rockets things. Yeah, of course. In
0: fact, SpaceX yeah. was pretty close to going bust until they secured a NASA contract. Yeah. Um, for the Falcon One back in the back years ago now, which um, kind of lifted them out of <laughs> lifted <laughs> nice them out of, space of, pun. Yeah, it. lifted them out of um, trouble. <laughs> So, um, but let, let's just sort of talk a little bit about where we are with space travel right at the moment, right today. So, um, at the moment, you, you know, we we you probably know that humans have been to the moon, um, but that was that was back in the sixties. Um, now we have satellites all over all over Earth. Um, we have rovers on other planets. We have satellites orbiting other planets as well. So, we've had Mars rovers on Mars since two thousand and four. We've had um, NASA has had a, a spacecraft called Juno orbiting. Jupiter since 2016 Um, and up until last year NASA also had a space probe called Cassini which spent 13 years uh, orbiting Saturn um, taking some amazing pictures and uh, really helping to advance our understanding not just of Saturn but also of its moons um, Enceladus and Titan. Now Enceladus particularly is quite interesting because it's believed that the um moon has sort of giant subsurface oceans um and where there are oceans there could possibly be life yeah so exciting it is exciting and there are plans i think in the off to eventually try and visit Enceladus um yeah so that's that's an interesting thing Cassini um came to the end of its life last year and took took over the over this sort of four or five months as it was winding down um it's it's power supply. They NASA actually took it and dived down into the surface where they would never been before. they never been before of of Saturn, and they brought it up. I think it did about twenty two dives in total before finally kind of they let it just spiral into the, the planet dive. The oh, suicide dive. I felt dive. quite
1: emotional, you know, when Cassini it was, died.
0: It was emotional. I remember yeah. writing about it at the time, and you know, and and, and seeing the reactions on the faces. You watched of the live the, stream as well. Uh, yeah, all oh, the, the NASA people.
1: Yeah, they've worked on it for thirteen it's years.
0: Amazing. Yeah. yeah and they really there's something about space travel and um, where they, people really emotionally invest in the missions they're taking what they're doing It's well, they're it's finding
1: out stuff we've never known and going beyond anything we've ever seen amazing. it must be so exciting to watch yeah it on. must be it's the yeah. sort of
0: well, it's the, the, the unknown frontier isn't it yeah Really exciting. Um, so that's the sort of, those are some, some things that are happening around our solar system at the moment. But um, there's also the, the International Space Station is worthy of a mention. Now, the International Space Station is the largest man-made object in orbit around the Earth at the moment. Uh, and the way it was assembled, it's actually so big, you can see it with naked eye. You don't have to have a, a telescope. You can see it, um, if, <laughs> providing the uh, the weather is clear. Do you know
1: what quite a lot of parents do at Christmas now is tell the kids that that's Santa? Because you can see it moving yeah. through the sky, so they tell them that's Santa.
0: They, yeah, this Santa sleigh. You can track it as well. Yeah, you, I know. You can track yeah. it on. It's, it's great. Um, and the way that the the ISS was assembled is um it, it, they, they, you don't sort of ship it all up in one go you actually um Doing send flights. up in parts yeah. they, they send up the first component in uh, in 1998 and then the last one was put in place in 2011 uh, and they expect it to run um through till about 2028 mm. at which point they will will have a, a replacement up and um it's it's one of three there are three space uh, stations up uh, orbiting the earth at the moment there is the iss and then two from china tiangong one and tiangong two
1: tiangong one though has gone out of control tiangong
0: one is it exactly it's uh the, they've, lost the, it. they've lost control of it and it's going to eventually well eventually next month it will re-enter the earth's atmosphere it will break up and some debris well, we hope it some debris, <laughs> some, debris up, yeah. some debris may kind of make it down to earth yeah. but the, for the majority of it will just kind of burn up um And Tiangong-2, which is their kind of follow-up, the Chinese follow-up, is actually in orbit as well. It's not... It it can host um, astronauts, but it's not got anyone on it at the moment. Um, But that's sort of a a snapshot of where we are right at the moment. Um, But of course, the next step is sending civilians into space, because up until now, the people on the space station, the people that have gone to the moon, all trained astronauts. Mm -hmm. So... Logistically, the next step has got to be sending us. Sending us space tourism.
1: Let's hope it's the journalists first. Oh, that would be brilliant. That would be the greatest. (laughs) A Facebook Live from the International Space Station. That would be
0: the greatest sort of media trip ever. Amazing. Yeah, I'd fight you for that one. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Actually, you know the Have you seen the Vomit Rocket? No. You, do you know what that is? Where they take a seven a seven four seven, I think, or a seven. Oh, wait, Stephen Hawking went on That's it. That's the one. Yeah, 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 Stephen Hawking went on that, and they take it right up and then plunge down, it down, plunge so you've it got down. to zero gravity. To, so you have zero gravity yeah. for sort of a, uh, I don't know, twenty or thirty seconds or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, I'd definitely do that. I'd love to. I'd so love cool. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, apropos of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what where we're at with space yeah. tourism?
1: So I want to talk about kind of th- the three big private space companies hoping to get tourists in space so the first we've already mentioned is SpaceX um, which is Elon Musk's company um, you might remember they made history last month when they launched the Falcon Heavy rocket um, which is the world's most powerful rocket um, successfully launched that and it had a Tesla sports car on board mm. which is now orbiting the yeah. earth yeah. Which is pretty cool.
0: It's amazing. It, yeah, it was
1: playing David Bowie as well. It's
0: so good. It could have been... They said, you know, when they test spacecraft, they usually send in uh, to, to test the payload, they just put in bricks or rocks or something like that. Yeah. And Elon Musk went, no, let's put a $200,000 yeah, sports cheap, car in there. Yeah, that's you know.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but it's just... I, it was amazing. Like, the little Easter eggs that SpaceX do is... It, it, is always something that I, I enjoy. Um, so on the dashboard, you know, it's got Don't Panic. Yeah. You know, that's that's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's, oh, where, it, it? that's where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. So it's another little, yeah. it's just a little wink.
1: A little quirk again. A yeah. little quirk
0: that they kind of just I thought the most in.
1: impressive bit was actually when they landed two out of three of the boosters back yes. on their landing pads. Like, that is impressive. That's
0: it. I and mean, that's part of what makes this so, um, such a, a huge moment because they're doing, they're, they're firing off the, the biggest rocket in human history, and then they're doing it at cheaper than we've ever been able to do it before because mm-hmm. they can reuse it. It's it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. But ha- having launched that, um, Elon Musk has actually said they're not going to focus on Falcon Heavy anymore. Okay. They're now turning their attention to the BFR, right? Which stands for the Big Effing Rocket. Because why name it something normal? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the rocket <laughs> they're hoping to start sending tourists on. Um, so. They keep kind of changing the timeline for this, but Elon Musk has said that he wants to be sending people into space later this year.
0: Right. So no, because when, when a space tourist, there's sort of different um, levels of space tourism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You can go into, like, low Earth orbit, where you would sort of go around the planet and you get to see the see Earth as it is but then there's also this sort of round to the back of the moon and back yeah and then there's
1: going to mars as uh, well and then there's going to mars yeah so three so i think the initial stage will just be sending people into orbit yeah which would be amazing anyway um but i yeah, so that's the timeline is kind of later this year for that we'll right. see if that actually happens these things normally get pushed back yeah. at least a few months if not a year um so that's spacex One of their main competitors is Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos, if you might know him from setting up Amazon, Mm -hmm. um, his company. And he has said that he wants to be sending tourists into space next year. So they're all very close timelines, all racing for it. And then also joining in is um, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic, which has said, so it was quite funny, um, he did an interview after Elon Musk successfully launched the falcon heavy and said he was really jealous yeah and that virgin galactic had to do something to, to top them so he's said that it's going to be in the next few months that virgin galactic will have people up.
0: i remember because virgin galactic was sort of the first on my radar yeah when it came to space tourism you know going back quite a few years yeah um and then in in that in that meet in that time SpaceX has sort of appeared out of nowhere yeah, and, and blown past gone, yeah. and gone kind of taken into the lead in this, in this new space race that yeah. we're in. Um, but I think, I mean, I, I always thought Virgin Galactic was kind of going to be the one to get there first.
1: Really? I, I think now, but, I but think my money's on SpaceX. Yeah, I, I I just think Elon Musk has got the money and he's so clever as well. Like I think we've talked about this before, how he himself is a physicist who understands all of the Oh, mechanics of all these rockets and everything. Yeah,
0: they say that that he when he's he's you know he takes to the floor and the sort of SpaceX um, factory, the the building site, and talks to the engineers about thrust vectors and aerodynamics. Yeah, and he actually gets and, it. You know, and as a you know, it's just for a, for a sort of CEO, business suit wearing businessman, you wouldn't automatically think that that's what <laughs> yeah. they do. But I think he's you know an engineer first and foremost, and just yeah. kind of.
1: I think it's easy to forget that when he's out at these celebrity parties and going out with models and things <laughs> exactly. like that, he is primarily an engineer. Whereas you've got Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, who are very clever men, but don't necessarily have that same. That same
0: background. background that so I think it's going to be. Yeah.
1: SpaceX I so guess they're very
0: interesting yeah I mean, you just we've just had this week actually um, reports that the UK's first um, spaceport is gonna get the go ahead yeah right? so is the, something... sp-
1: the U- uh, UK space industry bill got the final sign off yesterday um, so it should all be going ahead I think they've said it's going to be mid 2020s so not kind of right, right now but it's happening
0: but what would be great because I think because all these Space companies We talk about that, you know, it's all American. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Americans are leading the space travel. between America and China or or, or America and Russia, in there, Russia yeah. as well. It would be really nice to see Britain kind of, um, you know, get a bit more involved with it. I think. Yeah. You know, it, I remember covering um, Tim Peake's time on the ISS was a real sort of something that we could be proud of. Yeah. Um, so more of that, please. That yeah, I think
1: especially having a spaceport here it would save us both. Time and a lot of money. I bet it's not cheap trying to get a rocket over there and mm. then having to lo- like rent the launch pad. So having our own one here, they haven't decided on a location yet. Um, they've got a few shortlisted. I think uh, Prestwick was in there, okay, which is an unlikely choice. I think. <laughs> I think they've got the space, um, but they have had some renders of what it might look like, and it is quite cool.
0: It is cool. Yeah, so
1: much nicer than Heathrow.
0: Would you go to space? So it, if it was we've if, talked
1: if about it, the three levels what we think of space uh, yeah. tourism is going to be. Yeah. I would go for one and two. So I would go into so orbit around the earth and yeah. I'd go to the moon.
0: You go to the moon, yeah, but
1: I wouldn't go to Mars. Wouldn't go to Mars. The one-way ticket scares me.
0: That's right. So yeah, going to Mars certainly in the in the short term is going to be um yeah, a one-way ticket. It's not that um Getting there is too difficult. We can, we can do that already. Um, we can get to Mars. It's just it's the cost involved. Um, we don't yet know how humans react to like long-term space travel like that. And we almost certainly, you're right, can't bring them back because you can't get the um, thrust Same, yeah. on, on Mars to lift off a rocket um, with all the... You, you know what it takes to launch a rocket on Earth to try and do it on Mars. It's just... Yeah. Uh, not going to happen. So really, the people going over there would be going over there A stay. lot
1: of people have signed up, though. Yeah, one, I it's, think it's Mars One is the programme, isn't that's it? That's right. And they had hundreds of thousands of applications for people who were happy to go on this one-way trip and I be... Know. I mean, it would be amazing to be the first people on there and setting up the first ever community on there. It would be a...
0: But- yeah, but you would—that would be it. That would be it. That would be it. Yeah. Um, Imagine if you didn't like it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: Got there and you're like, nah, or, not me. Fell out with somebody. <laughs> yeah. you know. There's only ten of you on the trip, and you hate everyone um, else.
0: I <laughs> would, I would. I'm the same as you. I would definitely, definitely go into low Earth orbit if it was offered. I would go to the moon. I think I would, again. I said before we started recording that I would do Mars, and I would do it if I could come back.
1: Backtracking already? Yeah, I would do
0: it if I could come back, but I, I don't think I don't think a one way ticket is my cup of tea. Um, what do you think
1: your time limit would be? Like if you did, I think I could do a few months in space.
0: Yeah, probably. I'm not. I'm not really. How good long with, do people
1: spend on the space station? At
0: the um, moment? They they the. Try to cycle them every kind of six months, so you don't mm-hmm. spend much longer than that. I mean, Scott Kelly was the astronaut from NASA who spent a year up there, um, and that's um, that's that's one of the records. And then there's Peggy as well. I oh yeah, that. Whitson is Peggy it? Whitson, yeah, yeah. Um, who have also they've also spent sort of l- like longer time in space. I, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head whether it's in one long go. I think hers is
1: cumulative, whereas, whereas his Scott is Kelly one was. Go. was right, yeah, I
0: think you're right. Yeah um but i think they they try and cycle them around every 6 months they're or so. still
1: not quite sure of the effects on the body as well mm. of being in space like stuff like muscle wastage because you're, cause you're in, not got any gravity there yeah you're not using any of your muscles properly like they have got treadmills and stuff they can use up there but i think long term it does have an effect
0: i think the um like the cramped... i'm i'm not i wouldn't be good with the sort of no. th- the, the small spaces um not not even the small spaces. i'm not really claustrophobic or anything it's just just like there's nowhere to go there's you can't well, I, I suppose I get quite bored unless yeah. you suit up and go for a walk outside what, you yeah. I, I don't know you can't you can't <laughs> a space walk outside. Yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah but but then you know eventually eventually i'm sure we'll we'll start like we'll start creating these kind of habitats on the moon maybe and habitats on mars i mean we're going into kind of science fiction territory now but i can definitely see it happening and i think they'll They'll do it we'll have to do it in the same sort of way that we construct the international space station which is to send bit over bit. bit by bit send over components you know in various missions mm-hmm. and then finally kind of send over people either will send people up to the moon or send people over to um mars and they'll kind of like set it up like yeah. that yeah
1: so what do you think the actual people living on mars what do you think it will look like
0: i think it will be um in the early days, at least, I think it'll be very similar to what we sort of always imagined—kind of moon villages and Mars like villages. I think there'll be there'll be domes, yeah, um, and that's where the pressure and the atmosphere will kind of come from. But then you'll have to go probably underground. So I imagine you'll have these sort of domes, and then there'll be tunnels, linked, or, by, these linked tunnels. by these tunnels, yeah. and it'll be it'll be something like that. I'm actually in the middle. I've just started this book, and I was talking to you a little bit before we started recording about this book that I've just started reading. Um, It's called Artemis by Andy Weir. Andy Weir is the guy that wrote The Martian, which got turned into the film by Ridley Scott, which is brilliant. Um, That's, I mean, that's a perfect example of like it's, it's science fiction ish but mm-hmm. it's also kind of science fact. It's just right close enough that it looks familiar but it's it's still a little bit of ways away. And they're
1: actually saying you might be able to grow potatoes on Mars as well, by they're, the
0: way. They're doing it. They're testing it yeah. in um Chile, I think. Yeah um, in the Atacama yeah. Desert isn't That's it? That's right. Yeah. to Try and like mimic the effects of what the Martian surface yeah. is like and see if we can kind of grow, Inspired grow things. By there. Sci-fi. Yeah. So <laughs> this book, Artemis, um, it's about a moon village, so a moon settlement. Um I have literally started it the other day so I'm not I've only, like, the first 10, 15 pages in. But it's already, it's kind of really interesting because he's setting, Andy Weir is setting the scene of this um, Martian settlement. And the idea that certainly in the beginning, that it's, it's for rich people, it's for tourists who can afford the trip up. But they obviously have to have people who are going to clean the toilets work and there. work there and make sure, yeah. it you know, all the deliveries get made and all that sort of stuff. So it's a real working class kind of... Um, Kind of, kind of place, uh, and it's just—it's a really fascinating concept, um, and I'm, you know, really interested to see how the book turns out. But it's all—it's kind of full of these little. Um, little like nuggets of information about kind of space travel and the moon and stuff so one particular uh thing that that jumps out at me is there's a little passage where they say they they're really really careful about filtration because they don't want any of the moon rocks or the moon dust Mm -hmm. um getting into the the city into the where into the habitat because there's no weather on the moon so the all the dust all the little rocks um they've not been smoothed over by like wind and water and right. stuff. So if you breathe it in, it's the tiny yeah, yeah. jaggedy little bits, it's gonna, of, and you, it's, gonna it? it's you know
1: stuff. Gosh, stuff like that I just but, didn't even think of. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right.
0: And I thought, like, oh yeah, of yeah, course. I never no even thought moon, about yeah. that. But you're right. There's no weather, There's no erosion. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's all these sort of other bits and pieces that I'm sure um, NASA engineers are busy sort of thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um. But in the meantime, we just have to rely on kind of science fiction to. Uh, give us an idea. Well, Elon but,
1: Musk has given some pretty futuristic right. ideas. That's right, Mr.
0: Musk. Yeah, Musk what's, is known what's for, he come up with? So
1: he had um, an interview the other day, and he said that we'll have pizza restaurants, bars, which he's calling Mars bars, which I like Mars bars, and even nightclubs on Mars one day.
0: Ah, nightclubs on Mars. Yeah, well, I can't
1: think of a good pun for that just now.
0: But no, I mean the partying me on. And uh, actually, because the Mars, I was trying to think, nightclubs. Would you would you get longer night because of the Martian um, orbit around the sun? But oh, I yeah. think it's pretty, long it's is, pretty close to it's pretty close to Earth. I is think. it? Pretty close to Earth, but an interesting thing is is um, communications between Earth and Mars, and actually sort of shuttle timelines as well, because of the orbits, mm-hmm. they have to launch shuttles within um, a certain window when the when the planets are at their nearest. Right. So that's why you might have a launch window, of, and then it suddenly, if it doesn't work, they push it back like a year or more because mm-hmm. that's, you, that's the when next, next time. Up. And it's the same sort of thing with communications with sending. You know, this I learned from the Martian. The Martian. I was just
1: <laughs> going to say I remember the Martian. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is when he has the to do that
1: little machine where he moves exactly, yeah. exactly because
0: it's it's when you know it's when the the times kind of like line up and and they can send a clear Our communication. Our references are very high. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, actually, uh, that would be a definite book recommendation from this week's podcast. Yeah, would be to read The Martian, mm-hmm. um, as I read the book but then saw the movie, and both of which are fantastic. Both are great, yeah. And Matt Damon's amazing in yeah, it. Yeah, and that, that's why I picked up this this new book Artemis um, because I, I enjoyed The Martian so much. So yeah you'll have so, to lend it to me when you're done I will so um, yeah space sounds sounds exciting I'm up for pizzas yeah. and Mars bars if when anyone, we get there eventually
1: musk if you're listening if you want to send any journos <laughs> to him around the
0: world yeah actually oh <laughs> actually that does I was just thinking um, about book recommendations there's a book series called the Mars Trilogy by an author called Kim Stanley Robinson um, that is really famous for being like um, kind of hard sci-fi about um, Mars and human settlements on Mars. And it's separated into three different books. The first one is, is Red Mars, and the second one is called Green Mars, and the third one is called Blue Mars. And the idea is um, that the first humans land on Mars and set up a, a, a society, and then they start to terraform it to make, mm-hmm. uh, to pressurize the atmosphere so water can be on the surface. And then Blue Mars is where they become like a self-serving society. And uh, I have never read those books. I read, tried to read the first one, but it's very in-depth and or it's quite it? tricky. Um, but they But it explores sort of the social themes of of like, right, well if you're on a different planet, who who's governor? Yeah. Where's the government come from? Like who elects them? How does it work? Mm-hmm. What about the trade relationship with Earth? You know, and all this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so if That's you,
1: all things are gonna have to think about All things
0: it? that will have to be kind yeah, of before we get to
1: the nightclubs down
0: the line before we can all just <laughs> yeah. get back in a Martian nightclub. <laughs> Brilliant. Um that actually neatly rounds us out to about the sort of time limit for this week. So um I can't think of anything else we need to check off our space list um, but it's such a big subject we, could always we can kind of, definitely do another one we can yeah. always come back and talk next about it. It next a big more. launch or something yeah yeah and, and there will be there will be more because yep. um, they've really got into a, great, a habit I like SpaceX and, and Blue Origin of getting these launches down and it's so impressive
1: yeah if you have any suggestions of things you'd like us to chat about please leave a comment
0: of course yeah please leave a comment Um, and if you haven't already please subscribe um, please like please do everything you can to spread the word um, because we are doing this podcast every Friday Um, so that's it for this week but uh, yeah please join us again thanks thanks a lot All right. bye